This is The Sport Market, featuring the bulls and bears of sport business from coast to coast. Here's your host, Tom Manette. The beauty shots have begun. It is Hockey Day in Canada. It's Hockey Day in Canada from coast to coast to coast, but it's especially Hockey Day in Canada in Victoria, B.C. Headquarters, it is the hub of this special day celebrating Hockey Night in Canada slash Hockey Day in Canada, the roots of the sport across the country, and especially in communities like Victoria. And the Inner Harbour in Victoria is alive. Ron McLean doing his thing in uh, Victoria uh, Cougars gear from back in the day. The last Canadian team to win a, uh, sorry, the last BC team to win a Stanley Cup. That's all part of the history that is being unearthed this weekend. And all of this week, for Hockey Day in Canada. We've got a lot of ground to cover this hour. We'll have our buy and sell panel presented by Pastime Sports and Games featuring uh, this weekend Aziz Rajwani, the UBC Sauter School of Business and Langara College School of Management. We're also going to have Tino Farah in the producer's chair wearing, weighing in on that side of things. We'll check in on our podium, the top three sport business stories of the week funded by Alpine Credits. And we'll throw you a pitch our Sport Business Proposal of the Week, the Sport Market Pitch, presented by Chambers Plan Employee Benefits. We've got that and a lot more to get to this hour, but we face off with Hockey Day in Canada and Keith Wells of the Greater Victoria Sport Tourism Commission, who've helped make all of this happen for the city of Victoria, the province of British Columbia, and for hockey from coast to coast. And Keith, uh, this is a very pivotal moment in Hockey Day in Canada because you're essentially getting some kind of a special harbour entrance by uh, Rusty Cortinal, aren't you? Well, Tom, thanks for having me on here today. Yeah, I'm down at Chip Point, uh, and if you're uh, switching over to watch on TV today, yeah, it's going to be on till 7 o'clock tonight in CBC and Sportsnet. Uh, you know, and a great postcard from the Victoria Inner Harbor. But, yeah, and a great kickoff to the event today. We had the uh, Indigenous Canoes coming in, and the, the plan was to bring in the Stanley Cup. And, uh, you know, we had, uh, you know, Jeff Cortnall on board, and all of the Cortnall brothers are really significant with this. Bruce and Russ came up from L.A., and they've been all over the place this week. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, this – Hockey Day in Canada is all about uh, celebrating the game. And for us here in Victoria, I'm glad you brought it up, the fact that, uh, you know, the last BC team to win the Stanley Cup 99 years ago. Um, you know, and I'm sorry about that, Vancouver, but it's true. <laughs> so Ron's is 24-25 uh, Victoria Cougars gear. And, uh, you know, it's, it gives us a chance to tell our hockey stories. And I think sometimes, you know, the rest of the country maybe forgets that we're here or that we're actually attached to the country but we've got a great hockey history, and uh, today's our chance to tell our stories a bit. What are some of the other ways in which this is so important to Victoria, Greater Victoria, to South Vancouver Island? Well, you know what? I think at the end of the day, you've got to start with Sportsnet and Scotiabank, who sponsor this every year, and it's like the 24th year this event has taken place. And it really travels around. It's a heavy lift, no doubt about it, the communities that this thing is uh, you know, dropped on or comes to. But it's, uh, it's remarkable because it really allows the community to kind of look deep and, and try and reflect what, their, what hockey means in their community. And the story we tell is different from Yellowknife a few years ago or 
you know, Thunder Bay or, uh, you know, last year we were at Owen Sound, Ontario, and it was brilliant with the, the community hall and the legion involved and, you know, the, the little main street and in the middle of a, you know, brutally cold winter, all of that stuff. So here we've got uh, to reflect the Canadian, something that is different, uh, you know, uh, a seven-degree day in the Inner Harbour. We thought we would get brilliant sunshine, and that's why we had a golf tournament connected with this at Victoria Golf Club Wednesday that didn't exactly work. But still, you know, the rest of the country can look at this, and uh, wow, we've got, uh, you know, a connection to the game like everywhere else, and it's just a little bit different and more often than not a little warmer here. But uh, we're making it work, and uh it's just a great event. It's had a huge impact, and the community has so gotten behind the darn thing. I know the original intention in terms of postcard spring-like beauty shots from the Inner Harbor. That yeah. was all. That was all part of the plan. But that's also yeah. why you're not a meteorologist. You can't really yeah. stress about things that you can't control. But how much added pressure? How much um, uh, adjustment have you had to make because of the unusual weather event uh, uh, in, in Southern British Columbia and South Vancouver Island this week? Well, we, you know, we don't want to look too weak. And so here, uh, you know, if we complain about having, uh, you know, uh, you know, five centimeters of snow and cancel school and everything, you know, that doesn't necessarily reflect well, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> when it went back in Thunder Bay and everywhere else. So we're trying not to, uh, you know, make too big a deal about it. So it hasn't been too bad. It's been nice. We've got the uh, dusted uh, shots from, you know, all over in the middle of the week with the snow blanket on everything. And it hasn't really thrown that big a wrench into it. Uh, you know, these are hardy people here. You, as you and I know, uh, you know, the majority of people here in this town are from the prairies and uh, from everywhere else in Canada that have come to retire. So, you know, uh, they know about the cold weather. And uh, and it's kind of, uh, I think it's just kind of nice that it's a little reminder to us and the rest of the Canada. Yeah, we can get the, uh, you know, uh, that, that 10 degree below thing, by the way, that we had uh, last week was about as cold as it ever gets here. So. Um, so it is kind of a good reminder that, uh, yeah, we get a piece of Canada here as well. We're talking to Keith Wells of the Greater Victoria Sport Tourism Commission. We're talking Hockey Day in Canada, presented by Scotiabank. Uh, four games back-to-back-to-back, two of them sharing the 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific time slot. That's the Montreal Canadiens travel garden in boston and those toronto maple leafs up against the vancouver canucks at rogers arena and of course the first game uh, getting underway will be the ottawa senators hosting the winnipeg jets and then the hockey day in canada concludes with hockey night in canada the late game calgary flames hosting Connor mcdavid and the edmonton oilers keith uh, i want to ask you what's been your favorite part of hockey day in canada week so far well, you know what, even just uh, you mentioning that lineup, I think we're really lucky. We're going to piggyback on an amazing day of hockey games here, just when you look at where Vancouver is at and uh, you know, the Edmonton-Calgary matchup tonight going for 13 in a row, all of that stuff. So definitely we'll have a lot of eyeballs on our city here tonight. But um, you know what, the, the, the interesting thing, so um, you know, coming from broadcast myself uh, years and years ago, I was really excited talking to Ron McLean a year ago and I suggested that we have kind of a disproportionate number of excellent retired broadcasters here on the west coast and i'm thinking even if you go back howie meeker lived up island al shaver who was uh you know a really well-known name he was the broadcaster in edmonton in the 1950s he was at cfrn for 11 years he covered the eskimos for their five in a row you know the elks the uh, for five in a row back in the 1950s and then he was in minnesota for 26 years and the voice of the minnesota north stars 
has a broadcast booth named after him in Minnesota. He is still alive in the 96 living up island. And then I, I said, well, look, we could get some of these guys together here in Victoria for kind of a broadcaster's hot soap. And um, this was my favorite moment a couple of nights ago. We had Bernie Pascoe here from Up Island. We had Jim Lang from CBS Sports. Or no, I'm sorry, Jim Lang, who did the broadcasting for the Boston Bruins in 1966 for, um, uh, in Bobby, Bobby Orr's rookie season. We had Tim Ryan from CBS Sports. Famous, uh, you know, broadcaster, of course, of the voice of boxing on CBS Sports for years and years, who was involved in that. And Jim Robson was so great to come over from Vancouver on his 89th birthday. We brought Jim over. These guys sat around and had a hot stove talking about old broadcasting on Tuesday night here. And it was so wonderful. The storytelling, my favorite moment so far. But this thing has been just full of hockey storytelling all over the place. The players here from the old... WHL and the Cortinals and all of the Darcy Tucker and Lanny McDonald and all of these guys. Um, Kirk McLean was here last night telling great stories, all of this stuff. This opportunity to come here and for the local community to talk hockey, but then all of these other hockey players who have a connection to the community get a chance to reminisce, and they just love it. And that part of it, I think the fans have just been so thankful to tap into and kind of listen in and kind of get a little bit of the inside track. It's been wonderful. And we've got all of the Hockey Day in Canada, Hockey Night in Canada panel here. So we've got BX, and those guys are all going to be talking tonight. Keith, uh, I know you've still got a lot of good work to get done here to make the most out of Hockey Day in Canada. Uh, don't want you to look too far down the road, yeah. but this is a pretty big 2024 for Greater Victoria from a sport tourism, from a sport event uh, and event management point of view only do you host Hockey Day in Canada this weekend, but you've got Touchdown Pacific scheduled for August uh, coming up uh, on the uh, BC Day uh, weekend. Uh, Ottawa Red Blacks against the BC Lions uh, at Royal Athletic Park. Uh, how big a deal will that be for your efforts promoting sport tourism on behalf of uh, Greater Victoria? Well, you know what? It, it really is a wonderful opportunity. And uh, thank you to the new uh, owner of the BC Lions, who's a Victoria boy, who loved the idea of actually bringing a CFL game to the west-west coast. And, you know, it's kind of in that template of the touchdown Atlantic, and it only makes sense that finally we have a touchdown Pacific. It's going to be here in Victoria. And imagine a regular season CFL game taking place in Victoria on August 31st with the Lions playing at Royal Athletic Park in downtown Victoria against the Ottawa Red Blacks. They'll put in uh, 12, 14,000 seats there, and that's a really, really big deal. You know, we got to give uh, full credit to the mayor of Victoria, Marianne Elto, who, um, you know, is a big, big BC Lions fan. She was like a season ticket holder forever, has never misses a home, uh, home opener, all of this stuff. And she worked with the Lions to kind of uh, make this kind of thing happen. And, you know, it's really, really unusual, like, uh, you know, for, for the BC Lions after all. So, they, they have their camp in the interior every year. That makes sense. But finally to get out to the capital and to actually have a regular season game is more than we could have asked for. I always thought that maybe a preseason game would make sense. But, yep, we got a regular season game. I think it's like the five or sixth game of the season will be here in the summer. And uh, it's going to be the start Saturday afternoon kind of a thing, uh, start of the September long weekend. And that's always a big one, of course. But uh, it's going to be, you know, a huge impact for us here, and we're so excited about it. 
certainly it'll make Labor Day weekend uh, that much more special for football fans uh, in, in Greater Victoria and from throughout British Columbia. Of course, I mentioned the uh, the BC Day, but that's uh, four weeks uh, before that. August 31st, Ottawa Red Blacks traveling to play the BC Lions in Victoria. Keith, congratulations. Best of luck the rest of the way. Thanks so much for taking time out of your, your crazy busy schedule uh, to be with us, and we look forward to seeing you again real soon. Right on, Tom. Thank you very much. Yeah, down here at Ship Point, people are here. If you're in Victoria, come down today. And if not, by all means, tune in to Scotiabank Hockey Day in Canada. It's on TV till 7 o'clock tonight. Great games and a great atmosphere that you'll tap into here. All the best. He is Keith Wells, Executive Director of the Greater Victoria Sport Tourism Commission. Uh, I've known Keith for years. Of course, uh, you probably recognize uh, the name and the voice uh, as a broadcaster from back in the day. Uh, he's those communication skills and his people skills and his tech skills to the Greater Victoria Sport Tourism Commission on this Scotiabank Hockey Day in Canada. We've got an action-packed hour coming for you, including more on Scotiabank Hockey Day in Canada, more on this NFL divisional round weekend of the playoffs. It's week weekend two of the playoffs. And Big news for the Vancouver Canucks. A three-year contract extension granted to President Hockey Operations, Jim Rutherford. And there's been very few real hallelujah moments over the past 10 years or so. But extending Jim Rutherford as President Hockey Operations is certainly a hallelujah well done moment and got to give full credit to the Aquilini family for uh, making it happen, assumedly being able to keep this front office together. Uh, Patrick Alvin as general manager, Cammy Granado and Emily Castonguay as assistant general managers, uh, Rick Tockett as head coach and the rest of the front office. Uh, they have in a very short period of time turned the fortunes of the Vancouver Canucks around. And what you want is stability. What you want is as much of that continuity as possible. And for any people who are thinking, well, maybe Rutherford isn't up for that kind of an extended commitment, well, those thoughts were quashed on Friday with a very good news announcement. I also think it's tremendously important for the Canucks to make that announcement, to send a message to every player in their locker room that this front office that they've prospered under will continue to be the front office for the Canucks moving forward, at least for the uh, the immediate midterm. And that's an especially important message, in my view, to be heard by the camp of Elias Patterson, who obviously is being uh, pursued for a long-term extension to remain a Vancouver Canuck. Knowing what the front office is going to be cons- constituted of is really important in terms of making that decision for the next chapter of Elias Pettersson's career. We'll get into that and a lot more, including our buy and sell panel presented by Pastime Sports and Games and the Sport Market Pitch, our Sport Business Proposal of the Week presented by Chambers Plan Employee Benefits. That and a lot more still to come on this hour of the Sport Market uh, on the Sportsnet Radio Network and on the Sport Market Radio Network, including CFAX 1070. Victoria. Now more of the sport market. Rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business. 
we don't know how the season's going to end up, but I mean, I think that uh, I think that's something we can be excited about. I think in 2010, 2011, there was a real buzz around around the city about how the team was doing, and uh, you know, I, I remember going to some of the Southern California trips. You know, it was L.A., Anaheim, and Phoenix, and there were there were more Canuck fans in the building than there were local fans. I, I remember that. That was quite impressive. And I think we're we're starting to get there. We're starting to. I'm looking forward to this next trip in L.A. And I, I think we're going to see a lot of Canuck fans there. The voice of Francesco Aquilini, chair of the board of Canuck Sports and Entertainment. Uh, governor of the Vancouver Canucks and certainly a happy camper that Jim Rutherford has agreed to a three-year contract extension as president hockey operations. I don't know about you, but the confidence and the sense of relaxed relaxation and almost joy that was in the voice of Francesco Aquilini so contrast to the last couple of times he's been out and he has also not been out and available in some tough situations over these past 18 months to two years. But certainly the riding, the credentials, the leadership, the calm and confidence of Jim Rutherford. And look at it. I mean, you do have to give the Aquilini family credit. They might have made mistakes in the past. They might have made a big mistake in turning the reins of hockey operations over to Jim Benning. Jim Benning, terrific hockey guy, cut his uh, uh, chops on the scouting side of things, on the talent ID side of things, but I think was set up to fail by being put in the number one position as a front-facing general manager in a Canadian hockey market. Now, listen, he did some good things during his watch, but the consumer confidence is just nowhere near where it is with a Jim Rutherford who had so many more credentials than Jim Benning did. This was Jim's rookie gig as a general manager. And it's unfair to, of course, compare a rookie GM with a Uh, accomplished Stanley Cup winning veteran uh, like Jim Rutherford. Uh, Jim Benning is also a Stanley Cup winning veteran, but much more on the the scouting side of things, the development side of things. I don't think he was particularly good in dealing with the media. I think he sometimes said not enough. He sometimes said way too much. But Jim Rutherford is is seasoned and although it took probably some adjustment for him to get used to a Canadian media market compared to Raleigh North Carolina where he won a Stanley Cup with the Carolina Hurricanes and even compared to one of the model franchises south of the border the original expansion franchise the Pittsburgh Penguins there's a lot of attention for the Penguins but it just doesn't compare to the attention that a Canadian-based franchise receives from its media, local, provincial, and national. And so I just found the confidence and the relative poise in Francesco's voice to be much better than his last few times out. Uh, He's never proclaimed to be an orator. 
he's never proclaimed to be, you know, someone of the dulcet tones, so to speak. And he's made mistakes and, and, and oftentimes come across lost and confused in that media setting, which he obviously isn't comfortable with. But hey, whatever's being done in terms of media training, whatever's being done in the communications department to give him some guidance, it's paying off. And of course, it's a good news story that makes it easier. Bad news story is always harder to be relaxed in. But that was one of my big takeaways was just how confident, cool, and calm Francesco Aquilini was in that media conference. We're going to get into a lot more of this this hour on the sport market, on the Sportsnet Radio Network, uh, coming to you from Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. And we're going to do it on this Hockey Day in Canada. Aziz Rajwani of the UBC Saunders School of Business, Langara College School of Management, is going to join us in just a few moments. And we'll get his take as part of our buy and sell panel presented by Pastime Sports and Games on the Jim Rutherford contract extension. A little bit of Hockey Day in Canada, a little bit of NFL football on the TV side as well. You're listening to us rate and debate the bulls and bears of sport business on the Sportsnet Radio Network and the Sport Market Radio Network. You're listening to the Sport Market. Once again, here's your host, Tom Manette. You know, there were a lot of changes made early on, and, and, and they weren't fun. You know, I didn't take them lightly. There were people that had been in the organization for some time, and, you know, there were changes made for different reasons. And, you know, I don't necessarily feel good about that, but it was necessary at the time. And uh, so with all the changes made, one of the things that, uh, that I felt that we didn't have a team we had a lot of good players, but we didn't have a team. But now we have a team. They bought into the players and the coaches have bought into the team concept. And when you have a team that buys into what the system is and you play it, whether you win five in a row or you lose five in a row, you're going to be okay. Jim Rutherford, three more years added to his contract as president hockey operations for the Vancouver Canucks. And how can you question this move by Canucks Sports and Entertainment, by the Aquilini family, by chair and governor uh, Francesco Aquilini? Because not only do the current numbers make sense that the Canucks are very much trending direction, obviously mission will never be accomplished until they actually win a Stanley Cup. And at least you're moving in that direction. Are the Canucks a bona fide Stanley Cup contender? Well, listen, you're approaching the NHL All-Star game in Toronto and your team goes into this weekend, this Hockey Day in Canada weekend, with 64 points, fastest to 30 wins in franchise history, and certainly among the elite teams as far as the records have shown us so far. 
you know, I think it's ridiculous to not view them as at least a contender. Are they a favorite? Possibly not. They've got some work to do. They've got some holes to do. But Jim Rutherford deserves credit for creating an atmosphere, an environment, and an infrastructure to the organization that has allowed good stuff to happen this 2023-2024 season. And the good stuff includes a 30-11-4 record going into this afternoon's matinee game against Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've got 64 points, 7-2-1 in their last 10. So many of you have been waiting for the wheels to fall off. Some others of you have been pinching yourself, thinking, is this really the Vancouver Canucks one year removed from a complete toxic meltdown? Uh, You know, maybe 14 months removed uh, 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 from that. Jim Rutherford deserves credit for that. And he's made some innovative appointments. He's brought in a European general manager, Swedish general manager and Patrick Alvin. He's brought in two of the more accomplished female hockey minds in North America, Emily Castonguay and Cami Granado, as assistant general managers. He's pressed the button with Rick Tockett as head coach. And of course, Rutherford and Alvin combining to put that person in place and a new coaching staff also. It doesn't happen without Jim Rutherford having a vision for what this franchise needed. And certainly it doesn't happen without the Aquilinis being prepared to pay for it. Think of the leap that they have made from a very small front office in which Jim Benning was was reportedly the lowest paid general manager in the National Hockey League to a comprehensive, uh, differing perspective, broad-spectrum front office that's one of the bigger ones in the National Hockey League and is headlined by someone who has cut his teeth with two Stanley Cup championships in Jim Rutherford. All stuff that we're going to talk about in our panel. It's time to buy, sell, or hold on the sport market. Stock market of sport. Presented by Pastime Sports and Games. Ken Richardson and the team at their new Langley store are going to be welcoming Andre Kuzmenko tomorrow for an autograph signing session. His uh, under the auspices of Pastime Sports and Games. You can get more information at pastimesports.ca. Our buy and sell panel is comprised of Aziz Rojwani, the UBC Saunders School of Business, Langara College School of Management, and Tino Farah in the producer's chair. Uh, John Festinger uh, taking the weekend off. He'll be back in the saddle next week. Round one of our buy and sell panel, Aziz Rojwani, are you buying that Francesco Aquilini has fully empowered Jim Rutherford as president hockey operations. Yes, I think he, I think he has and Jim Rutherford being the, you know, professional that he is has uh has made made sure before he took the job to make sure and tell Francesco, listen, everything's going to be I'm going to be running the show. Obviously, you're going to be paying the money, you have to approve everything and the the puck stops with me. Jim Rutherford, the buck may stop with you, but the puck stops with me. 
I'm going to be in charge of saying, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming to Vancouver as a 70, 70 year old, having one Stanley, two Stanley Cups, having run these great uh, organizations. Hockey to, Hall of Fame. Yeah, to be here just to, you know, you got to give me authority and I'll deliver the results. And if you don't think I deliver the results, well, you know what to do. Cut my paycheck, but it looks like he's delivered the results. And what he's had right from the start is a plan. You know, in my management accounting class, I just say, you know, when we talk about budgeting, which is a short-term plan, but the plan, if you fail to plan, plan to fail. In other words, you have to have a plan. And I think when, when, when Trevor left, that Francesco didn't put someone in place above Jim Benning, I think was a mistake because essentially it meant that he was overseeing. It set Jim Benning up He to was fail. overseeing Jim Benning. And you needed someone else as a buffer to do that and to say to Francesco, listen, you don't want someone who just wants to say yes. When I, if I'm ever at a board, there's a saying, and I can't remember who it is. It's a famous president, American president. But he said, when someone's, when everyone agrees, when everyone agrees at the board table, someone's not thinking. Doesn't mean that you disagree for this, but sometimes you got to pay devil's advocate. What about this? We thought thinking. about this, etc. And this is what you need. And this is exactly what Jim Rutherford said. That I want people at the table to have a heated discussion. I don't want yes people. Right? I don't want people to just say yes. I want a heated discussion. Out of that discussion will come a good decision. And he's done everything right. The Kuzmenko thing we can discuss. You know, hasn't worked out so well so far. But that's okay. No one's going to be perfect. But they've done their best. And and look at this. I mean, I think the stat is the Tockets now coached 81 games, which is almost one game shy of a full season. 108 points. So if tonight's an 82nd game, well, you know we're going to beat the Leafs. You do know that, right? 110-point <laughs> season, right? When was the last time we had 110-point season? It's been a long time. You know, we got to go at least 10 years back. So I think all of these things are good. And he's instituted a culture. So Talkett may have instituted a culture with the team itself, with the players. But he's done it with the management team to get every, okay, we'll, we'll hire analytics people. We're going to have disagreement. It's going to be heated discussions. And then we'll make a decision collectively and we'll stand by that decision. Tino Ferrer in the producer's chair, are you buying that the buck is really stopping, or at least the puck, to use Aziz's words, is really stopping with Jim Rutherford? Is it your sense that he is doing, that Francesco is doing what all good owners should do, and which has been hard for Francesco to do for most of their ownership going back more than a decade now? Is it your sense that uh, Jim Rutherford that you heard on Friday is the voice of a fully empowered president hockey operations where hockey operations decisions rest with him? Yeah, absolutely. And like Aziz makes a really good point that Jim Rutherford at this stage of his career and at his age, there's no reason for him to sign on for another few years if there is that feeling of, okay, I can make decisions, but I have my boss looking over my shoulder the entire way. If he doesn't have full control, why why would he sign on for you know th- for three more years? So I think fans here in Vancouver are so refreshed to finally have that feeling again of Aquilini has kind of sat back now. And he did say when Rutherford first signed on a, a couple years ago that it's his job to just approve things or 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 what have you so i think people in vancouver are refreshed to see that aquilini is no longer kind of putting his hands into the workings of this team as much as he was rumored to in the past and uh, i i couldn't agree more uh you essentially stole my thunder in that i'm buying 
that there's, and there's no such thing as perfect empowerment. I mean, we're human beings, we're not robots. Uh, and the Aquilini family has a lot of money in play. Uh, so they certainly need to be part of those discussions. But Jim Rutherford, at the stage of his career, no way he does a three-year extension if this has been a painful root canal kind of experience working with the Aquilini family. And the managing up is not everybody's cup of tea, but Jim Rutherford is showing as much skill managing upwards as he is down through the ranks of his front office. And that is the refreshment that you're talking about. Round two of Buy and Sell, presented by Pastime Sports and Games. Check out the Pokemon offering. It's the hot new release of the week at Pastime Sports and Games at pastimesports.ca. And mark it in your calendars. Andre Kizmenko signing autographs Sunday, January 21st. Trevor Linden, February 15th. Dakota Joshua, February 25th. And in March, Daryl Sittler the former Toronto Maple Leafs great, signing autographs at the Langley store of Pastime Sports and Games. Um, And see if a Canuck ever gets a 10-point night. Wouldn't that be ironic if it happens today against the Toronto Maple Leafs? But I'll tell you, that's how good some of the Canucks are playing. We're going to get into round two and a bonus round three next in our buy and sell panel presented by Pastime Sports and Games. You're listening to us rate and debate the bulls and bears of sport business on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now more of the sport market. Rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business. Well, he gets more comfortable as each week goes by. You know, there's a lot to that job, whether you've been, whether you're starting in it or you've been in it a long time. And there's something you have to deal with on a regular basis. And our relationship is very strong. We communicate every day. We talk about lots of things, even wild things that you couldn't imagine that you'd be talking about. But, uh, but what's really good about him is he has a strong supporting cast that he's put together, that he trusts and he works with. And he gets out there and works it himself. You know, he goes to Europe to the tournaments and and uh, he, he goes to as many games on the road with the Canucks. And he's a very hardworking, knowledgeable hockey guy. That's President Hockey Operations for the Vancouver Canucks, Jim Rutherford on his general manager, Patrick Alvine, uh, speaking to his work ethic, uh, speaking to how he's so comfortably grown into his first outright GM posting, and the results are there. Uh, and in some cases, a bit of stealth work during the off season and moves that paid off more than they might have met the eye when they actually happened. Uh, this is a team that's getting great performances from its best players, but it's also a team defined by the lunch bucket and hardworking mentality of its bottom six forwards who have, in my opinion, been as central to the Canucks 30-win season uh, heading into uh, the All-Star break in a couple of weeks as anyone. Buy and sell is presented by Pastime Sports and Games. Andre Kuzmenko signing autographs at the new Langley store. You can find out more information at pastimesports.ca. And also for you Pokemon fans, hot new release 
available now at all four stores in the Lower Mainland and online at pastimesports.ca. This round is about whether you're buying Aziz Rajwani, that there'll be three Canadian teams in the playoffs in April, four or even five. If you want to go off the charts more than that, uh, you know, uh, uh, go ahead. But what are you buying as the sweet spot? What you expect you'll see in terms of Canadian teams qualifying for this year's playoffs? My sweet spot that would taste sweet to me would be five, but I'm not going to go for five. Um, I think in the upcoming years, it very likely is to be five. But this year, I'm still going to stick with four because the Flames, although they're only three points back of the L.A. Kings, and we don't know what's going to happen with L.A. Kings, but L.A. has played three less games. And that's a big deficit to overcome. And Seattle's right there tied with Calgary as well. And even the, the Coyotes are just two points back although they've played the same number of games uh, as, as the Calgary Flames. So I, don't, I think it's going to be pretty tough to get them in there. So if I was my Monopoly money wishes, and it would be sweet, and it would be great to have the Canucks play Calgary. I mean, that, that is, I think, a bigger rivalry than the Oilers is. And it would be fantastic uh, to see, you know, all the, all the chest thumping and, and the flags and the scarves out come playoff time if we're playing against Calgary. So I'd love that, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. So I'm going to still stick with four, which I've been consistent on for the last number of weeks. Tino Farah in the producer's chair, what are you buying as your projected number of Canadian-based teams who qualify for the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Aziz. It's unfo- I basically think it's going to stay exactly how it is right now, but it's really unfortunate if that is the case that Calgary wouldn't make it in because I have so many memories of a kid, as do so many Canucks fans of I mean, my big memory was like the 2004 series and and playing street hockey with the car flags going on and and everyone's honking for Canucks fans and stuff. And I think that would be incredible. We heard Aquilini on that clip earlier talk about how the vibes are so similar to 2011. It would be so cool to continue that trend and have a Canucks versus Calgary uh, series and a rivalry rejuvenated. But I don't think we're going to get it. I think it's just going to stay exactly how it is now. Rivalry, but no riot. (laughs) <laughs> my 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 heart says five my head says four four has always been my under uh, over under uh, you get four canadian based teams playing in april uh, you you're giving quite a bit to work with for the roger sportsnet of the world the rights holders television radio nhl sponsors uh, uh, hotel operators uh, sports bars They've got four Canadian teams in play. That's pretty good. Five would be an absolute beauty. But for that to happen, not only do the uh, Flames need to receive stellar goaltending from Jacob Markstrom for the rest of the way, they need to make sure that there's weakness there on behalf of the Seattle Kraken and the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, uh, Kings in particular have gone through some hard times over these past couple of weeks. So I'm going to stick with four. But make no mistake, it's a good four in the sense that you've got four Canadian-based teams in playoff position, divisional playoff position, not just wildcard position. Uh, They're in the top three in their respective divisions, and that is very good stuff. Now, the team that is a bit of a wildcard here is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, they beat Calgary, but they've had an awful road trip and they still have as many goaltending questions now as they did at the beginning of the year. Very quickly, 
Buy and Sell Round Number Four, presented by Pastime Sports and Games. Uh, check out their locations: Tawasson Mills in Delta, Burnaby Metro Town, Guildford Town Centre in Surrey, and the new store at Langley. Uh, check them out. Also, their hottest store is their online store at PastimeSports.ca. NFL Television. Aziz Rajwani. Very quickly, are you buying that? The fact that the numbers were as strong as they were the opening wildcard weekend will result in the most watched Super Bowl in the past five years, uh, maybe the past 10 years, and that that will happen no matter who is in the championship final. Oh, that's a tough one. Because uh, last year, they I think it was a record, 115.1. Um, I think if the 49ers were in there as a heritage team, it's quite likely uh, the numbers are going to be higher because for the last few years, they've been measuring out-of-home audience as well. So if I really had to put a little bit of money in, I'd say yes. I'd say yes for the Super Bowl because the buildup has been great so far. Tino Farron, the producer's chair, are you bullish on NFL TV numbers? The fact that the wildcard weekend was so significantly up year after year, do you think that translates as a hot opening chapter to the closing chapter February 11th uh, in Las Vegas? Yeah, and and to piggyback on what Drew Dorweiler said earlier as well, with with the abundance of Taylor Swift fans, if if the Chiefs can make their way back into the Super Bowl again, I have to imagine there's some young fans that have gone from just Taylor Swift football fans to also football fans now. Uh, you know, first of all, that is terrific insight. I agree with that perspective wholeheartedly. There's a new demographic happening. Uh, 23 million don't go on streaming. 20, 20 million streaming, 3 million uh, over the air. But for the Peacock exclusive, that's an indication to me that there's some younger audiences tuning into the National Football League in a big way, watching on their devices. And there's no bigger party for millennials and uh, uh, teenagers than an opportunity to have some fun on a, on a Super Bowl weekend. Tom, just the fact, the median age for viewers of Thursday Night Football since they've gone to Amazon, seven years younger than people who watch linear TV. And I think you'd see that as well with the Peacock, Peacock uh, subscriptions uh, last week. That is buy and sell uh, for this week on the sport market uh if you missed any part of the segment you can check sportsnet.ca slash 650 also if you enjoy rating and debating the bulls and bears the sport business as much as we do you can sign on to follow us on x formerly known as twitter at the sport market t-h-e sport market we'll close out this hour with a lighter side take on the business of sport the Sport Market on Sportsnet 650 presents The Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson. Vancouver got a few centimeters of snow and shut down. Remember, this is a city that hosted an outdoor NHL heritage classic indoors. Five Vancouver Canucks heading to Toronto for the midseason festivities, plus their coach. I hope Rick Tockett benches someone at the All-Star game for not forechecking enough. And I heard someone in the Canucks organization wants to make Andre Kuzmenko a goalie. Chicago beat San Jose in the ninth round of a shootout to win slash lose the Macklin Celebrini sweepstakes. This game was like trying to decide who was the best director of an earnest movie. And how do you like Justin Bieber's NHL All-Star jersey? They look like clip art and comic sans had a baby in a bowl of Fruit Loops. 
You've been listening to The Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson, a special feature of the sport market. Listen again on the podcast and stay tuned Tuesdays at noon at facebook.com slash the sport market.